welcome to episode 13 of the Remote Coach Podcast with your host as always, Ollie Carson. And in today's episode, we're joined by four of the members, which is all of the members of the Biceps and Banter team. We had Mike, Dan, Joe, and Jimmy. And it was really great to speak to these guys um, about their incredible online coaching business that they've, they've formed over the last few years, the reputation that they've built in the industry, around a no BS approach, saying it how it is, um, and just cutting through all of the nonsense that we often see in the industry. So it was really great to speak to these guys and get an insight into how they do things and why they do things. Sit back, enjoy the episode, let us know your thoughts as always, and we will speak to you soon. And welcome, we have got Joe, Dan, Jimmy, and Mike. Welcome, thank you so much for uh, giving up some of your time to come on the podcast. Really, really appreciate this. Um, we were just chatting off air and this is the first time that I'm recording one of the podcasts with not just one person. So it's probably going to be a bit of a free for all. I know what you guys are like as well. So it's going to be effing and jeffing and just madness. I'm looking forward to it. So uh, we'll, we'll get stuck straight into it. Let's not have any rules. Let's not have any format. If you want to chime in, if you want to chip in, then please do. Um, and I just wanted to kick off really asking about the kind of setup with having multiple people under one coaching brand. I asked a similar sort of question to the muscle mentors or some of the guys on the muscle mentors, but I'd be keen to know what your guys thought process is behind having a few of you under one coaching brand. Why do you, why do you guys do that? Mike's lazy. It doesn't like it work. <laughs> Simple. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Where is, where is little mule? Yeah. What? He's, the, he's the master of delegation. Yeah. it's as simple as that really you know it goes to Dubai and then our, our guy just passed my bedtime here you do it I'll speak to you in a bit alright it's that really do, do you know what that means though boss that's what it surely so, incompetent uh, one, one of us has to be in charge and uh, that's me obviously I'm great nutritional Jesus um, Jesus yeah that's it see it's, it's, the word is spreading. I mean, I've spread it, but it's um, uh, like most things. Um, uh, I don't know. So I guess, obviously, myself and Dan kind of started, not the company, I guess. I mean, we did, but it was more of a YouTube channel at the, at the time. And then it just kind of moved into its own thing and its own coaching brand, I guess, outside of what we were doing at the time. Um and then we got to a point where we wanted, you know, to pass work to someone. And no, we, we wanted to bring someone else on board to kind of diversify what me and Dan did, who fit our ethos message, who was a good coach. Um, and there was no one that we could find um, that was like that. So we opted for Joe. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, who was, the, you know, the worst um, uh, at the time. But no, but she, she, she fit everything that we wanted. Um, and she does a great job. She's a great coach. She's empathetic. She fits with us. We like to think she's got the same-ish kind of sense of humour. A little bit worse, but it's fine. Yeah, um, and yeah, so it was just kind of, we got to a point where we needed to bring someone else in to help with coaching and, and the plans that we have. We've got not just our one-to-ones, but we have like a group coaching thing that, that Joe has been a big part of. Um, and then again, we built that to a point where we then needed to bring on another coach to cope with the amount of people. And then Jimmy, again, was very much a similar mould, we thought. We thought, you know, Jimmy was my personal, well, it still is my personal client for, you know, a period of time. He's undergone his own transformation. He's um, 
learned, I guess, from the way that we do things, become a great coach in his own right. And then we were just impressed with the content that he was putting out um, on his own. And he was, again, a, a logical step. He got on with Joe, he got on with Dan. Um, he came in and, and again, has, has kind of helped us grow. And we're just in the process of taking on another another coach um, to just kind of, I guess the overall goal is is to be able to help. I know it's cliche, but to be able to help as many people as, as kind of possible, and with with coaches who we know are going to do it in a in, yeah. in our way, I guess. And Does that's that the point. That's the point I was trying. I was probably trying to, without putting words in your mouth, is get to because you know, obviously, the logical thinking, if you were to unpack that, would be well, why don't you just stop at the amount of workload that you can handle? If there's two of you. And you can't handle more workload, then why don't you just call it there? But obviously, for what your your goals and your ambitions are with the business, you obviously want to help as much people as you can. And so that's the thinking behind taking more people on, which kind of makes sense. Um, and like you guys are all individuals and you'll all no doubt have your own preferred ways of doing things. But is there anything that you all simply have to adhere to for like continuity as a, as a brand? Or what do you guys look for in potential coaches to work with you? I think we all have to like we've all we've got our values which i think we all stick by um which are true between all of us we all do things a little bit differently with our clients which is which is the essence of coaching in itself mm. um but there's definitely that, that element of for us it's it, first and foremost it's about getting results i think that's been the biggest thing for for us is that all the other stuff that we do i don't think we'd get away with um like, you know, like the jokes, the the sort of the, the humor side of things. I don't think you quite get away with some of the stuff that we can say or get away with saying if you didn't get good results of people. Yeah. Um, and I think same, I think being sort of self-deprecating by nature, that's kind of the way we are. You Again, it, it's kind of done in a way where we go, yeah, but we get good results. So you kind of know we're not actually shit. We just yeah. say we're shit, right? <laughs> Whereas if you weren't getting results, people might be like, well, actually, maybe they are shit. <laughs> I think it's a bit of a... Well, the beauty of that is if people do come in and we are shit, we have told them that we're shit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Set the bar low and you're always never exactly. a shit bar. Yeah. So you, you can't lose now. from that. That's <laughs> it. Um, so, you know, there's there's certain elements between that, but I think as well, like behind the behind the, the, the humour and all that sort of stuff is that the one thing that I think we all are is hard working and we don't expand the coaching team until we feel like we're at sort of I suppose a limit and I think with that comes from we hate letting people down like I hate saying to someone I'm full I haven't got space or we can't do this we can't do that I know Joe's the same we've had conversations you know about about that and I know the other two guys are exactly the same as well it's you get to a point where you don't want to say to someone you got to wait two months till you can work with me because that's not nice for you it's not nice for them they may not want to wait and it got to that point really we were like hang on a minute we've got people that we like in the industry who are good coaches we would love to bring them on board and we feel like we can help them be as full as we are or as full as they may want to be and i think that for us was was the thing we 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 don't just bring on any tom dick and harry coach it's very much a case of i think me and mike both worked with joe at some point mike worked with jimmy and the person we're bringing on is also working with mike mm. um so we're kind of like almost vetted them in a way kind of like so they know what we're about they know the brand they understand all that sort of stuff so their own individual their own individuality comes into it but we know that that's okay because the core values are exactly the same throughout. Um, and as we expand and as we, we, I suppose, offer slightly differing things, certain people have different strengths, which is kind of where we're going now with it is our certain coach we bring on now more geared towards a certain demographic of people, a certain type of coaching potential, whether it's group one-to-one. Um, and that, that's kind of, I suppose, the way it goes. And then I, you know, I, I, as time goes on, me and Mike will take a, 
slight step back from more of the coaching and go more into the mentoring side of things, which we've, start, which we've started doing. Um, and that will just naturally evolve and everyone will evolve through that process as well, I think. So, um, but it, all the products we have, all the things we offer are all from the same place of having the same values throughout, which we talk about regularly, which we kind of know from, from the get-go. I think that's really interesting, you know, because you, you, you openly admit that you all do things differently. And, that, and of course we do. And, and that's how we preface the question. But the fact that you all have the same core values and that's enough that's enough for you to, because I, I know for me personally, if I was to outsource coaching under my brand name, that initially, and you probably had it yourselves, you know, when it was just you two, when it was Mike and Dan, that almost fear of handing the reins over to somebody else and trusting somebody else with your your baby to some extent. Um, so did you find it's quite easy to get over that? Did it take long to, to be like, actually, no, this works. Joe's doing a great job. Her clients are happy. Or, or was there not an initial fear at all? Um, I think I think I, I was a little bit more than Dan, and I think that probably speaks to our standards. I just have higher standards than Dan, quite clearly. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> no, I think I was a little bit more that way inclined. That I was a bit more like I kind of want to be in control of stuff because I'm so precious about uh, uh, control about, freak. Basically, yeah, control fine. freak. I am yeah. precious about the yeah. service, like. Um, but that quite quickly disappeared. Obviously, like it, it helped that we obviously got previous relationships with Joe, like, and you just know the type of person that she is anyway, and you know that for, for me, above above anything, it, it's about whether somebody cares, like because you can learn the ins and outs about nutrition and training. Those are all things that we can teach, that we can go over, that we can do all that. But if somebody actually cares about people, you know that they've got their client's best interests at heart. Yes. So then it took the pressure off us because we, if we know that we're working with a certain type of person um, that they will look after their clients because they want to look after their clients, not because they're working with us or yeah. whatever. It's because that's their morals and their ethics. Yeah. So then I kind of relaxed a little bit. Um, and then obviously you see that she gets great results and she got great results before working with us anyway. Um, and so the same with Jimmy and obviously the same moving forwards, it'll be a kind of like Dan says, it'll be a, a type of person. So we're a little bit more relaxed about it. Yeah. Uh, and obviously it helps that they've kind of worked with us as well, seeing how we do things yeah. and the standards that we would uphold for ourselves. Yeah. Um, we will never, like Dan says, just take on some run. I'd feel dreadful about taking on some random and then letting them loose as such on people who might trust our brand. Um, yeah. I, I, would, I would hate that. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And then, and then on the flip side of that, like Joe and Jimmy, what, what was it like for you guys when you first come in? We'll start with you, Joe, because you came in first. What was it like for you? Did you feel any pressure like stepping into the brand or did you feel completely comfortable like I've got this? Yeah, I mean, so obviously I'd followed both Dan and Mike for a, maybe like a year before that. And I found them through like a different event that they were speaking at. And I remember thinking like, well, I want to be in their position where they're up front talking mm -hmm. to an audience full of people. And I was like, wow, I want that. And then I reached out and had coaching with both of them at different times because I am the worst client. So <laughs> both of them, I was just like, I'm not, I'm not doing this, mate. See you later. Um, and then, I mean, well, and then we kind of reached out to each other and got in touch about working together. And that was like, for me, that was a really scary thing because it's the same as they didn't want to feel like they were giving up their baby. I was in a position where I was like, but everything that I've built for myself, am I now going to lose that? Mm. And once 
I'd kind of like, well, Mike had talked me down and was like, no, Joe, like that's how I felt. And now we're in a good position. It's, it got to a point where I, I love having everybody here because it's like your own personal little a support bubble but also to have other people to bounce off and to have coaches that you can go to if you've got like a problem or if you kind of just want a pep talk or you know we can all kind of message each other if I don't know maybe we've got like a question about a client or we've got like a problem with coaching or whatever it may be we're all there for each other. And I think that's something that you can't get when you're on your own. I think sometimes you do have to kind of let one thing go that you were maybe super precious about or let go control of one thing to kind of enable something bigger and better to come in, if that makes sense. Yeah, definitely. Um, I love that. I think it's really easy, like you say, to think, oh, am I letting go of this thing that I've built? You know, like you say, it's your baby. Yeah. But actually the, the pro of that is that you get, well, five heads are better than one for the most part, right? Unless they're five stupid heads, which they're, they're not. They're idiots. <laughs> well, they are. Which they is exactly are, what and it I is. massively yeah. regret the decision. Yeah. <laughs> but it's true. It's one of those as well there with that as well. I think it's that baby will only grow so much as well. Like I think mm. that's what we found with it. We were a two and I think after speaking to Joe initially, because the first three months there was a lot of chat about stuff and where we're going and what we're doing. And we were kind of, I kind of, I think I, I was maybe just me. I can't remember. Well, we had a chat with Joe and it was kind of like, look, like we feel the same. Like this is our baby and we're letting you into it because we can't grow it any further. We can't do any more with this. We're, we're pulling our hair out here. Not literally, I haven't got any. But we were like stressing about stuff. And to the point where we're like, well, we need, we need to expand this. This is no longer just Dan and Mike with a YouTube channel and pissing around. This is, this is something a bit more serious. Mm bit more serious um but it's like it's it's now become something much much bigger which we would never been able to do and likewise joe on our own wouldn't have been able to do so yeah. it's it's not about like we said at the start it's not about who's who's the boss and whose it is it's more a case of we all grow within it because yeah. we wouldn't be able to do it without the four five six of us whatever it's going to be yeah. it would just me and mike would just been making youtube videos and before with clients turning people away and be like we can't do any more and that's not where, where anyone wants to be. Yeah, me. no, that, that's wicked, mate. Um, and Jimmy, what was it like for you, dude? Because obviously you're the most recent ad and I know there's someone else coming in, but what was it like for you when you came in? Because you were a client of Mike's. How was that? Yeah, so I started with Mike, God, 18 months ago now. Scary. Mm. Um, and my initial um, plan was to go into just face-to-face get, um, and I didn't have a, a, like to go into an online uh, businesses that wasn't in my plan but I thought right I'll go into face-to-face I'll learn learn stuff off Mike about just the coaching the way the way coaching works and everything like that um and then a few things happened like in like personally my my brother moved to Australia um and he's, he's like my best mate without going into too much detail I thought hang on right I need to have a life where I can go over to Australia still yeah. be able to work over to Australia for a few months of the year yeah. and the online way is the only way to do that. So I was like, right. So I totally changed, flipped over. And, and obviously with coronavirus and everything like that, um, I was kind of forced into it, mm-hmm. into the online coaching thing. And obviously um, learning off mic, like week on week on week, um, I started then developing into online. And then they asked me, um, they asked me to start like helping with blitz and stuff. And it was a no brainer for me yeah. being quite inexperienced compared to these guys. Um, it was an absolute no-brainer. It was very scary. It was like the thought of it was like, shit. Like, I've looked up to these guys for like, probably shouldn't say that. <laughs> oh, <laughs> bring their heads back down to <laughs> I followed them for like 
um, two years before I reached out to Mike um, when there were minnows. <laughs> I watched all the YouTubes and obviously people buy into people. Mm. So I resonated with them straight away with um, obviously they love the office. I like the office. <laughs> um, uh, so that, that it was that sort of like humor. And then obviously Joe as well, who's all right at coaching. Um, so yeah, it was just like, yeah, it was a no-brainer basically to work with these guys. And I thought, hang on, yeah, I can learn. And they put me at ease straight away because I think they sensed that I was a bit nervous about it all. And they were like, like Mike just said before, yeah, like, you can learn, you can learn as you go on the job, like mm. about nutrition and how to coach, everything like that. But mm. as long as you care and having gone through my transformation, and I was thinking, hang on, if I can make people feel like I do after my yeah. transformation, that is like, I'd love to be able to do that. Yeah. Absolutely love to be able to do that. Incredibly fulfilling job, isn't it, dude? Yeah, mate. You get it's to help people feel their absolute best. Yeah. 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 Like, I put, honestly, I know it sounds cliche, but I do. It's, it is my dream. Like, I'm sure all of our dream jobs. Mm. Um, and it's just, yeah. So having the opportunity to do that and work with these guys is just, yeah. That's awesome, man. That's really cool. Um, so we're going to move on to a slightly more, uh, I guess, interesting topic here, because I know that you guys have got some really strong opinions on the industry everyone just sort of like puckered up in their seat there. i'm like scared <laughs> joe like literally shifted in her seat um, but i because I, I know one of the big things that you guys do is dispel myths you know call out all the bullshit which is great and we need more of that um so what are your your biggest pet peeves in the fitness industry and i know there'll be so many but if you had to choose one each right what would be your biggest pet peeve in the fitness industry and let's just take this one by one names is it names in particular <laughs> but if you listen i'm not going to put any change if you want to put names out there then go for it son um, I, I, I think for me that the, the one thing that, that annoys me most is coaches not understanding their audience or who they serve and all this sort of stuff there's people talk about the industry being saturated they talk about there's loads of coaches out there doing this stuff. there's loads of shit coaches right yes. yeah and my biggest pet peeve is when I say, or when we say something like, you don't need to worry about this. People assume that we mean ever mm. or for everyone. And the fact is, it's just, we're just talking to our demographic of, of who, who, we, who we deal with. And yeah, we, we, uh, and the only reason I say this is because on the first question we asked about the muscle mentors, and right? you've been coached by Carmen Luke. Like, we know Carmen Luke. We've been, we've been to see him a couple of times. We've got on really well with them. And I think they're a very, very good example of understanding your niche perfectly. Yes. They know exactly who they're talking to. Yeah. And, but yeah, I see a lot of people in our industry who look up to them like we do because we understand they're great coaches, mm -hmm. but they can't decipher what's useful for their own clientele so, yeah. compared to what they're doing. Mm -hmm. So we talk about stuff like, we joked before about like Vibrams, why are you wearing Vibrams in the gym? Pointless, not going to do anything. Because the people we talk to can't leg press 150 kilos, right? Yeah. It doesn't really matter what footwear you've got on. Yeah. And it's that type of thing. And it's just the lack of understanding from people. And, and to a degree, I suppose, you could argue intelligence. This is for another, another podcast we could go into, <laughs> into hours long. Is of not understanding who you're talking to and why certain coaches talk the way they talk and who they're talking to. Mm -hmm. Because we've been those people that thought, I need to get Vibrams. I need to band this. I need to do that. I need to worry about this. And we didn't. We just needed to get stronger because we were pussies. Like, it's simple. And I think we're trying to help those type of people. And I think one of my pet peeves is that coaches just throw shit at the wall or they, they, they do what the people they look up to do yeah. without understanding that their audience aren't looking at them the same way. Yeah. Um, and, it's, and it's then it's all of a sudden it's like you hate 
people if you discredit certain things for your audience. It's like, no, that's not what we're saying. Mm. We, we appreciate it. We understand it. And I think it's that. It's the fact that we do understand it as to why we know things don't work. Yeah. That's one of my pet peeves. I, think. I see it all the time. That's a, that's a massive um, one. That applies to so many different things. And like, we again, we could go down a massive rabbit hole of all these the, the muscle mentors are a great example and not, I'm not trying by any way trying to drag their name through that. I speak to those guys weekly. I speak yeah. to Luke weekly. I've got a great relationship with all of those guys. Um, but you're, you're so right because they are put on a bit of a pedestal in the industry and rightly so absolutely phenomenal yeah. coaches, great at what they do. Um, they are mirrored to some extent by many other coaches who don't know as much of them, who don't know who their audience is. They're working with, you know, overweight sally who needs to drop a couple of pounds and feel more confident and they've got her wearing blue light blocking glasses and taking a fasted blood glucose reading in the morning it's completely irrelevant right and, and, that, and that's where the jokes come from like that's where like our humor comes in it's not that we don't understand why that's relevant because mm. it is for 0.1 percent of the population it could get you the result that you're looking for mm. it's just that like I said, they just regurgitate that information without understanding why those guys are at the top and they deal with the top 0.1% physiques in the country yep. who are dedicated to the max to yep. do that. They'll do that 0.1%. Yep. Whereas the people that we work with, even the guys we do photo shoots with, they're nowhere near like the top 10% dedicated in the country. Mm. They just know it. They just know they want to do a photo shoot and they want to get there as, as best as possible. Yep. And they're still going to have a Chinese four weeks out from it. Whereas these guys don't touch Chinese in an off season. Like, do you know? And it's just that massive disconnect between understanding what's relevant and what's not and it's like i i'm i'm part of their their um education. their online education portal learning this stuff but half of the stuff i'm learning for myself because i just want to know it because it's kind of interesting to me but my clients are not interested in any way shape or form they want me to get them a result and if i can help them i will but they don't need like i said to me to tell them oh yeah two hours before you go to sleep don't watch any screens because none of my clients are going to do that they're going to tell me to fuck off like, you must be joking. That's my two hours I only get to myself. Well, that's, well, that's probably that's probably the, the really sad thing is that your clients won't tell you to fuck off and they'll do it because they feel like they need to. And then ultimately <laughs> you're making their life miserable for little to no reason when it's just not applicable to them. Like you say, you know, you're trying to squeeze the lemon and get as much juice out of somebody who wants or, or values that extra 0.01% marginal gain. Then sure, you know, cut your screen time, do all of these different things. But... Mm. For most of us who are working with everyday people, it's just not applicable. So I'm so glad that you raised that point, mate. That was brilliant. Um, what What's somebody else's pet peeve? Who else has got one ready? Everyone's like... <laughs> Mike's got a list, surely. Mike's got a list. Yeah. I, I, could pick, I could pick a lot, to be honest, because there's a lot of fucking morons in this industry. There's a lot. That, but I guess it's hard for me to pinpoint one, but I guess probably a more serious one i guess would be would be more so just the absolutely dreadful standards of coaching because regardless of what anybody says online or any straw man arguments oh what so you don't think checking your faster blue clothes is, is like it's just straw man that, that that's, that's just straw man that's just so you're saying it's never applicable no that's not what we're saying but we're talking to our fucking people who are going to come in and work with us i i would say that the complete opposite to us is my pet peeve and the complete lack of care, everything that we look for in bringing on coaches, the complete lack of morals, ethics, the fact that people are giving out generic bullshit training programs and, and, and nutrition programs, in often some cases, 
causing some really, really serious issues. I've got a, a woman working with me who has not had a meal off her meal plan, including Christmas days before me for, for two years. And the meal plan hasn't changed one bit and paid her coach for two years, the last six months of which the coach didn't respond at all and she carried on paying him. And she's just, she is in such a desperate state of affairs with her relationship with food, her body, that we're now having to fix her again. And just the, the thing that winds me up is just the, the fucking lack of care, the, the sellout for money. There's a lot of people who are focused on intake of people, intake, intake. I've signed this many people up. Focus on fucking retention. Focus on actually doing a good job giving a good service, treating your clients like humans, not robots that are coming in and just, there you go, there's that meal plan, stick to that for fucking forever. So that really, really winds me up because I know how much I care and how much I will go above and beyond if I need to for people. And I believe that that should be a fundamental fundamental element of coaching. To be a coach, you must have some form of empathy and be able to deal with people. It's yeah. not necessarily about the biomechanics of this or whether you can explain mitochondrial biogenesis. That, that isn't coaching. That's textbook, dictionary, learning, education, whatever. Um, for me, coaching is, is people. Knowing when to put an arm around someone's shoulder, knowing when to kick them up the arse, knowing when to pull back, knowing when to push, knowing what they're feeling, that's what coaching is. And I hate that people are branded coaches when they're not. They're just selling meal plans for money and getting lots of recognition for it. That winds me up as well. They're such a great coach. They're not a great coach. They're not a great coach. They've got 300 clients. And yeah, they're going to get 50 of them get results because that's by definition, like that's what's going to happen when you've got that demographic coming in. Do you know what I mean? It's like you get fucking 300 people, competitors come in who follow plans to the T who are probably already in a good place muscularly, or probably genetically gifted, who may or may not be assisted, they're going to stick to something and get great results. Of course they are. And to me, when people argue that, oh, I've had arguments with people like saying, oh, yeah, but when it comes down to peaking someone, what percentage of the population peaks anybody? <laughs> like, for me, the, yeah. coaching somebody who's got a stressful 12-hour job with two kids at home and fucking whatever going on in their life, to me, who's never had a great relationship with food, who doesn't like exercise, who were rubbish at PE at school, for me, coaching that person to a place where they're happy is much more difficult than, than going, there's your meal plan, and then in 12 weeks' time, winner, they've got first place for me. Like, so, so for so, me, one so of does, my that, does that wind you up or not? Is that, does it wind you up or not? <laughs> Can't work it out, mate. I'm picking pick off on a vibe. It, it winds him up a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> but it, it's, so, it's so, so true because it, it becomes like this self-fulfilling prophecy, doesn't it? Because you're right, you know, these guys who are working with a lot of physique athletes and, the, you know, the 1% of the, of the population who can get incredible results because of all of those aforementioned traits. And... Um, that then becomes almost like their magnet to, to draw in more normal people who are just being churned through this system that doesn't fit with them. It doesn't work with them. Well, it works with this person. So if it doesn't work for you, then you're not fucking grinding hard enough, bro. And, you know, on face value, you can look at somebody's social media page and you can see transformation after transformation after transformation result results. It doesn't mean that the coaching is good quality. And 
as a consumer, as somebody who's considering coaching, you need to be able to detach you. And, and this podcast is more aimed at trainers, but even trainers look for coaches. You need to be able to detach yourself from the visual element of what you see as a result at, from the, that being a really good coaching process, because it isn't necessarily, you know, those things don't go hand in hand. I could work with a physique athlete and tell him to eat chicken, broccoli and rice while stood on one leg, hopping up and down six times a day. And he'll fucking do it because he wants to achieve the goal. But is that good coaching? No, but it will achieve the result and it will make for a great before and after. So it is a massive, massive problem. And I can, I can completely understand why it winds you up so much because it is frustrating to see, you know, you just a little this. bit though. <laughs> Yeah, at one point you had steam. Yeah, at one point over here. That's just the heat in Dubai. It's too hot. Wait, you moved to Dubai. I didn't mention that. I've moved to Dubai. It's too hot. It's too warm. So yeah, don't worry about it. I've heard it's a heat wave over there, isn't it? Was it fourteen degrees? Oh mate, no, like twenty something over here. Funny something. That's whether where all the chavs start taking their tops off. Top off, hat yeah. back on though. Top on, hat back on. Yeah. Always a chain on. Can of lager in the hand. Yeah. And a staffy. That'll be me in a couple of hours. Joe, dude, what's what's your biggest pet peeve in the industry, mate? What's the thing that really grinds your gears? Annoyingly, Mike stole it. Uh, but no. it's I mean so it's slightly Same. different because my like especially my kind of demographic of girls is a lot different to the you know the bodybuilder scene the kind of athletic side of things it is literally my girls are just people that want to know about I don't know the the best waist trainer to buy or the best product to buy to go along with their fat loss and for me the the most frustrating thing about this industry is that unfortunately my job isn't to get people in great shape my job is to spend the next however long of their life helping them undo the year's worth of damage that somebody else has done to them and that's that's the most frustrating part It's, it's the most rewarding part as well because when you've done that you're like oh my god they you know they think you've genuinely changed their life and I'm like no I just let you eat a banana you know it's for them it's groundbreaking but for me it's it's so frustrating to see how many people have just been completely fudged by other coaches other companies products pills potions you are safe fox i can't i don't no (laughs) i'm not allowed to swear i'm not allowed to swear it just sounds worse life because <laughs> my dad will have a go at me if he ever uh, our, our whatsapp group though is like you uh, every second word do you know what I mean? oh my god they completely yeah, spanked oh, me out on the promo video even, for our website even worse words even oh, worse words the seat yeah. bomb can't so shut many. up wow joe mate i didn't i didn't expect that of you dude Honestly. look i'm just a cactus we've just got to deal with it You'll see me in real life as well, and you'll be like, wait, who's that? No, we. I sat next to you um, at Body Power, I think, and there was a nutrition, was it, was it an MNU conference we were sat at or something? No, Pure Gym. Pure Gym. I think. I think. Yeah. Same colour scheme. Same colour yeah. scheme, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Well, I got it confused. Good observation, Mike. Well done, mate. That was good. Wow. You're so <laughs> smart. <laughs> Yes. And again, really, really good point. And I'm the same when I've worked with, I guess, similar demographic to you, Joe, is like, it's just undoing the myths, isn't it? It's undoing the years of 
following stupid advice and, and all of that kind of stuff. It yeah. is frustrating, you know. And it's but, so ingrained to them as well, which is the worst, you know, it's so in, it's so far ingrained. And we see it a lot with Blitz. Like we get a lot of the the Blitzes, so the group program that we mm-hmm. run, a lot of those girls are ones that unfortunately are looking for that quick fix. Yep. They're looking for that kind of desperate, like, oh, I want to do something fast. And it's a good kind of, is this a horrible time? Like net to bring them in. Yeah to then be able to go like here's how it actually works and here's what you need to do and here's how to undo that damage and I think that's it's really important and I don't think enough people do it I think too many people want to just pump out transformations and at the expense of somebody's health or relationship with food and it's that's disgusting to use your position of power as a coach to just go like "Mm -hmm, okay thank you I'm done with you now next transformation please you know but yeah no, that's cool. Um, Jimmy, dude, what's yours, mate? What do oh, you God. hate most? I think they've all been. <laughs> um, this is the worst thing about those three. <laughs> <laughs> um, I guess, like, with this social media and influencer society that we're in now, like, uh, the people with big followings that just get on this bandwagon about selling selling stuff, like saying you need this to to do th- to get this result mm. when really all well obviously all they're doing it for is 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 the money side of it but you don't you don't need any of that you just strip back to the basics um and and yeah you'll you'll get a result and that's what that's what we we focus on and especially with blitz that's especially what we folk like folk just tell people do this do this you'll get the result instead of buying all like all these supplements that people sell and everything like that and just you don't need any of that shit. Yeah, to... it's, it's, that, that's, it's a massive problem, isn't it? And I know you guys are always quick to call it out, but you've got huge influences with one million people. Again, it's like throwing shit at a wall, isn't it? If you throw yeah. shit at a wall, somebody's going to purchase it. Somebody's actually, as a byproduct, probably going to get some sort of a result, you know, because maybe they you know, they pay 50 quid for something and now all yeah. of a sudden they're more mindful of what's going in their gob. Exactly, they're, they're and they're convinced it's the product. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's not, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's a, it's a massive, massive drama. Um, will it ever change, though? Probably no, exactly, not. Yeah. Um, but I guess us as a collective, as as fitness professionals, can only do our best at you know eradicating these things and um, you know putting a, a decent message out. Um, so, guys, what's as a collective? Don't necessarily need to go through it as a one 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 time thing, but as a collective, what are some of your favorite things about the industry let's put a positive spin on it because we've been quite doom and gloom up until now what are some of the things that you love about being in the fitness industry uh, being able to help what people really yeah. being able to help like people achieve things that they probably most never thought would would be possible or just being able to give someone like their their like life back so to speak like maybe maybe they're at a time where they don't think that they're helpless um they've they've tried everything they think they've tried everything um and, and giving them that that hope that they can uh that they can get results that they can actually get results yeah i love it 100 um, yeah what about you i think, I think with uh, i think with that like i was looking over some of the videos that we've had from the group coaching program today actually and you just forget, I think we sometimes forget the impact we can have. And I think that's, that's, that's lost. And, and I have to be reminded of that sometimes. I think sometimes when you're having a shit day or a busy day or 
you've got some clients that aren't checking in and sometimes it can get you down. Like I think we'd be lying if we said, look, we love our job every single day of the year. There are days where you do get a bit like, Oh God, I wish so-and-so would check in on time or so-and-so was moaning. Like we obviously you're going to, you're going to get that. But I think sometimes you have to be reminded of the change that you do get and watching some of these videos. And, and like Jimmy said, you use words like you've given me hope. It's just like, fuck, you know, like you just think shit, like, you know, someone's life's changed because of your coaching and what you've, you've, you've educated them on these sorts of things. And I think, one of my favorite things now is the fact that there's this now collective of, of good coaches, much of whom I'm sure we all follow the same sort of, you know, 200, 300 people that we know of in the industry, all doing the same thing and all supporting each other. And there's none of this, like, oh, they're shit, they're shit. It's like, no, we know that we share good messages. We share each other's good content because that's that's what we need. There's Because there's hundreds of thousands of shit ones out there. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's the, my, the thing I like about it is that everyone who's pretty good, they do stick pretty close together and, and kind of, you know, of good people and you know, they do good jobs. They might do it differently to how you do it. Like we talked about, mm -hmm. but ultimately everyone that, that I saw, I follow certainly cares about, yeah. about stuff. And that's why I follow them. And that's why there's people I don't follow and stuff like that is, is it's, it's quite a tight knit place and, and everyone's getting good, good results with their clients and trying to help as, as best they can. Yeah. And, and those changes you see in people like watching those videos it is, it's, it's it's amazing like i think sometimes we all need to do that and like i'm writing up the emails now for, for our next launch for this group coaching and it, it writes itself it's like i'm just i'm just transcribing the words from the video because it's like if, if someone doesn't read that and go that's what i need mm -hmm. then then they're not ready to change you could argue like it's it, and i think that's the thing is that the good people in the industry are doing good things yes and they're getting recognized for it um and, and over over the next five years it's only going to become more popular and those those guys will rise to the top yeah um, I, I, I totally agree with that you know i think the industry as a as a whole when like you say between the good guys and girls it is a really nice place to be it's a really nice community for the most part there is some cattiness i think you get that anywhere um <laughs> there's often like virtue signaling signaling and all that kind of stuff but i find it quite entertaining to be honest with you um, but I think for the most part, the good guys, as it were, are good guys and they do support one another. And I think you're you're bang on there, mate, 100%. Um, Mike, what would you say your favourite thing is about oh. the industry? <laughs> Himself? <laughs> I didn't catch that. What did you say, dude? Himself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. No, actually, I've actually got a really nice one. Um, the fame actually <laughs> I love I love when people say my you are a god you know what so you did spend nine years in the military serving queen and country and now you're helping people as well outside of that I say don't worry about it I'm just like you a step just a bit better so like I, do you know that is the most the, the best left. thing you know, I can see a person in the street and they'll go, they'll recognise me. I'll say, oh, you know, it's you and stuff like that. And they'll say, can we have a picture and stuff? I'll say, no, fuck off. Like, I'm not, you know, um, I haven't got time for that scum. But I'd say getting recognised is the biggest part. No. Um, <laughs> no. Um, there's lots of positive parts. Like, there's lots of positive parts. Like, meeting like-minded people, obviously, like yourselves, like... I enjoy my job. I spent nine years where I particularly didn't enjoy my job. Um, and now I love what I do. I love the people that I spend time with. I love the fact that I make a difference and that I'm not just a number. Um, I, I, I love it. Fitness has got some really, really great highs. There's a lot of shit 
Mm. But amongst that, there's you know there's a there's a few diamonds in there. So like I I love my job. I I really do love my job. So that's the biggest thing for me is that yeah. I love my job. I love helping. Um, and yeah, it's very very rewarding. So yeah, hundred yeah. percent, mate. And, and get recognised. And <laughs> and you're famous, yeah. <laughs> Joe, what's yours, dude? Uh, probably just the same. Like genuinely, just being able to help people grow in confidence to be because especially for me, like I I'm surrounded by so many girls who have never ever felt good enough or felt confident or felt any sort of self-worth mm. and being able to just give somebody that little bit of a glimpse or or completely transform their life so that they are you know I, I said this the other day like they can look in the mirror without crying mm. that's a huge thing and that's something that I think is really overlooked a lot of the time because it's all about you know the physical transformation of things but for me the the mental transformation of my clients is so so rewarding and it's like that will outweigh a transformation picture anytime. Like somebody kind of slipping into my WhatsApps and saying, Joe, like I looked in the mirror today without crying or like yeah. I was able to put this outfit on it or like get changed in front of my boyfriend. Like those are the things that yeah. make my job worth it over like a, I don't know, you got a six pack in your transformation picture. Yeah, yeah we, we do take it for granted. You know, I think on face value, if you're a personal trainer or an online coach, you just think, you know, you prescribe training programs and support them with their nutrition, but it's, it often ends up being much more than that. And that's overlooked. And that's why it kind of pisses me off a little bit, to be honest, when people do take advantage of that and they don't take it seriously when somebody entrusts them with, you know, I need support. I need help with this. I don't feel my best. I'm not healthy. I need help. And then they just take the money and they, and what they, the worst thing with that is, is they tar them with a, a feeling of, oh, this doesn't work or personal trainers don't work or online coaches are, scam artists or whatever and then they don't end yeah. up getting the help that they need because they've had one or two bad experiences yeah, exactly. it's, it's really really hard it's really easy to have a, a bad experience in this industry because yeah. you know how many how many great coaches there are there mm. for every bad coach um and as well like those people that the the first port of call for a lot of those people that are in a desperate position are to go to those people with bigger followings that have yeah. pumped out transformation photos so they it's so much easier for them to find somebody like that, mm. not going to name names, than it is to find, you know, us who, yeah. you know, in the grand scheme of things, have a small following. Mm. So, you know, it's really difficult because you end up being the last port, port of call for that person. Yeah. So they've had to go through that extensive kind of checklist of dickheads until they find, <laughs> yeah. like, the, the person that can help. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. Um, so just a, a bit of a broad brush question for you guys. Do you ever find that like in building um, like that humorous way that you have with your clients? And obviously that's it's part of your brand, right? It's in the name, Biceps and Banner. I know it was a YouTube channel initially, but do you ever find that in building that humorous way with clients comes with friction when you need to kind of take a more disciplined approach at times? Have any of you have experienced that? Or are you quite easy to kind of, is it quite easy to flip the switch and get what you need from the client when it's necessary? I think it has a bigger impact when I do like for me I'm I'm so like fluffy with yeah. my girls I'm so like nice and supportive I'm the cheerleader for them until I need to be yes. you know the coach and I think it has so much more of an impact than if I was just like you know hammering it into them or being like I don't know aggressive with them should we say and then when you know when it comes to a point when I need to be a little bit more I don't know, like, in the, in the, yeah. yeah, you know, and give them a kick up the ass. They go, whoa, 
because of the okay. contrast because it used to getting it. like yeah. fluffy joe and yeah. then all of a sudden when it's when it's disciplined yeah. it has more, no, I like they that. know you they know you mean it i think they know you mean it i think that's yeah. the key thing like i've got a client um Again, there's no, it doesn't matter because I don't mention his name, but he he didn't check in for two weeks and I got a, a, a check-in from him. And um, he was like, oh yeah, I just got a load of weed and just got really high and ate loads of food and I'm back, I've gained like six kilos. And I'm usually quite nice and positive. And I just basically <laughs> voice noted him back and was just like, and, and he basically in his check-in went through and was just saying how it affected his life and his relationship and his family and all these things as well. And I just basically turned around to him and just said, you just sort what you're doing out then because obviously that's not good for, for you and your life. And and kind of went in quite hard. Mm. And the reply I got was, oh, well, I didn't didn't realize you, you cared that much. Um, do you know what I mean? Obviously I did know you cared, but I didn't realize you would say that sort of thing. And, you know, obviously have, have sort of my best interests at heart beyond just nutrition. Mm. Because he was saying that impacted other areas of life. And I think sometimes it does help because they expect you to be all like, oh, don't worry about it. Just crack on next week. And it's like, well, no, because if this happens again, it's just, you just waste everyone's time. Yeah. Um, and it actually, I think, I think Mike's probably a bit more, um, Comes, comes across a bit sterner from Mike, I think, when he gets it. But, but we've, been, we've <laughs> talked about it before where where Mike's been messaging the group. He's gone, oh, I think I'm going to go in because it's just been this, this, this has happened, this happened. And then he always gets a positive response, which is like, yeah, they reacted pretty well to it. Because, because like you say, because they know you care and they know that you are generally humorous, that if they do something to piss you off and you tell them, they kind of get that, oh, shit. Like, and they appreciate it so much more. I think yeah. we, you know, you have that parent or you have that um, adult figure in your life when you're a child who's always like the fun loving care. Like, you, you never get told off. Well, by when they, age, yeah. Oh, yeah. And then when they did tell you off, yeah. like, oh shit, this, <laughs> this is serious. Yeah, you know, you fudged up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like that, Mike, fudged up. <laughs> the listeners Mike just flipped the bird there to Joe <laughs> um guys just as like a final question for you um what's your best advice for PTs um as we're potentially heading back into the gyms in the UK obviously not in Dubai um over the coming sort of days and weeks what's the best piece of advice that you could give outside of moving to Dubai <laughs> For, for, for what for what though for, like so just in general so obviously you know we're getting back back into the gyms what should we be doing with with our clients how can we you know get the pt business back on the road i know you guys are doing some mentoring now so what would you say to be thinking about now if you're a pt or an online coach with the gyms opening back up i think i think the main thing for me that i think a lot of coaches don't get right um with that and also with going back in gym is just listening listen don't don't go in thinking you know best and you've got a great plan you've got listen listen to what your clients are telling you some clients will be able to go harder heavier some clients will need to back off mm. not everyone's gonna be in the same position when you get back and i think that's trainers and coaches are too quick to show people what they know and what they can help with and how great they are and not many of them are very good at sitting back and listening to what a client says like if i was going back into the gym now and doing one-to-one I'd be spending 20, 25 minutes of that first session talking to the client and listening to what they say, asking them questions. And I would just be doing mobility stuff and just getting them moving again. I wouldn't be going, right, there's a squat, okay, but let's go. Um, I just think it's, it's, it's that personal relationship that you're going to have to build back up again. Um, it's the same with online, but I think so many coaches are very, very quick to prescribe, to give, to give someone something. It's a PDF, here's this, here's this. Are they ready for it? listen to what they've got to say ask them the right questions um that's the one thing i think coaches need to get better at as a whole is listening 
hearing and actually hearing it as well not just listening to the noise actually hearing what that person's going through and asking questions follow-up questions why do you feel like that what's happened what's going on in your life what's work like what's stress like at home because the people aren't asked those questions they're going to go how's your body feeling good let's go just go train mm. well no how has the last year been for you how stressful is this this year been because that will affect that person's ability to enjoy training get a training response want to come back to recover and i think if you're a coach that pays attention to those aspects and listens you'll do far better retain your clients far longer you'll see other other people in the gym will see that and they'll go oh i've got a shit pt who's just maybe deadlift 200 kilos first session back i'm gonna go with that guy do you know it's that little thing that it doesn't instantly get results but in six months time those coaches Yes. will still have their clients and they will have a bigger client base and they'll be looking at retaining their clients rather than looking for new ones. Yeah, ones that jump straight back in now and just try and screw people up because they've got the perfect plan for getting back in the gym. They, they, they might lose their clients in six months because it just wasn't bespoke enough to that person. They didn't listen um, and they just thought they knew best yeah. um, throughout this. That's great, dude. Any more? Anyone want to add to that? I mean, I think, I think that that's obviously fantastic advice for those guys, obviously getting back into the gym and, and whatnot. Um, but I, I think from a, from a picking up client's point of view, I think um, just trying to tap into how people are feeling, like just have a little think about how people might feel about certain aspects of how the year's gone, how, you know, what they want. You know, the fact that things are, other than the gym are going to be opening as well. Um, yes. The these people are human and not not robots because there's going to be a lot of barriers in people's way. And, and we all know that people kind of sign up for coaching when they've got a clear run. Mm-hmm. I've got a clear run, so I'm going to go for some coaching. And I, I would probably be gearing up maybe some of your content or the way that you're talking to people around like managing those things because something that winds me up again a little bit is when clients go, well, I've got lots coming up now, so I'll start later. And it's like, well, no, because that's counterintuitive because surely if it's harder now with lots going on, then you need the guidance. Mm. You're probably less likely to need the guidance when you've got a clear run. So like if I was a coach, I would just be thinking about all of these feelings that people are going to be having. Yeah, they're probably going to be somewhat underconfident how they're feeling right now. They may have gained some weight, of course. They probably are looking forward to the gyms, but they're also looking forward to going out for a drink, having Mm. seen their friends, having meals. And if it was me looking for clients, I would be gearing my content around that, around the human elements of coaching, as opposed to the, come on guys, the gym's open, let's fucking smash it, let's get some new PBs. Like, yeah. I don't think that that resonates with people as much as the other stuff. Yeah, 100%, mate. Wicked, wicked point. Really like that. Any more from you guys, from Joe, from Jimmy? You got any points that you want to uh, add in there? I think it, follow, it just falls on from what Dan was saying, really, about understanding your, um, your demographic, really, understanding the client that you want to coach and not not thinking about impressing the other coaches yes. in the gym or, or online um, and gearing your, yeah, gearing your content towards or speaking to the people um, that you want to coach and not thinking about impressing other coaches. Yes. Um, it's a massive problem that people fall into, yeah. isn't it? Is, you know, you're so concerned about what other coaches think and the language that you use, the jargon, the terminology, and it just doesn't end up ever resonating with the people that will actually put money in your pocket. Exactly, yeah. so that's a really yeah. good point, dude. Joe, anything you want to add to that, mate? Just um, in terms of if I was going back into one-to-one PT in, for me, it would be in, instead of kind of going through the motions of this session and, you know, trying to do too much too soon with everybody, 
really taking a step back and stripping everything back because a lot of people will not have been training at home and if they have it's you know minimal or body weight um they're not going to be motivated they're not going to be confident either and I think that's a huge thing is that if you can help week to week by week build somebody's confidence back up mm. that's when that you can get the most out of them but at yeah. the beginning especially I mean especially my sort of demographic and if anybody's out there the same that's you know got a lot of kind of female clients stepping back into that gym is going to be a really scary situation and even if you're online you know writing programming for those clients that are maybe brand new to the gym that now want to focus more on their health and looking at the different you know where the goalposts might have changed mm. and it might not be anymore you know I really want to look cute for my wedding or in my, um, in my bikini a lot of people will be looking at different values of of what they want out of their life at this point especially after the year that we've had and I think going back to basics stripping everything back finding out First of all, what their actual goal is, not like, oh my God, yeah, I want a big butt and a six pack or whatever. It's like, well, no, what do you want out of your, you know, the next six months of coaching? Yes. I think just stripping everything back and, and keeping it simple is going to be the best thing to build that person's confidence back up in what they're doing. Yeah, just one last point on that in the one-to-one stuff as well. It's just crossed my mind literally just now is that to some people, you're going to be one of the first people that they're going to have seen. Like from a social point of view, you you know, you might see them before they get to see their family, yeah. you know, things like that. Right. So just make it enjoyable, make it a place people want to come back to relax them and don't just think it's a place you're going to in- exert punishment on these people. Cause you know, it's going to be the first time that they've interacted with someone socially, make it a useful experience for them, make it something they want to repeat because people will be like Joe said, nervous of getting back, but it just hit me then. I was just thinking then, cause I was thinking when I go back to the gym, I'll be seeing them before I see my mom and dad, do you know? Yeah. Like that, that's, that's, that's a legit that's thing it. that those social conversations people are going to have, they want to come in and enjoy it and have fun for that hour because they've been stuck at home for a year. Yeah, I think that's an, um, that's an important you know, message to carry in any time. I think a lot of PTs forget that for a lot of their face-to-face clients, that hour of that week for that PT session is often like the thing they look forward to most. Yeah, it's an escape for some people. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's a lot of money, you know, it's 50, 60 yeah. quid an hour, whatever you're charging. And some P- some PTs are just treating that like it's nothing. You know, they're on their phones, they're having a brew, whatever. They're having a chinwag with another PT on the gym floor, and it's diabolical. Yeah. So, and they because they think it's about the three sets of ten or whatever, and it's yeah. not. It's about that you're the someone that they want to come and see and come back to, and mm. that's the biggest thing I think gets lost. And and that's one thing I would say to people heading back is you know you could be that first the first person they've seen outside of the the people that live in their house for quite some time. So yeah. don't let don't let them down. Yeah. Yeah. Spot on. Guys, that was absolutely incredible. Thank you so much for giving up an hour of your time. I really, really appreciate that. Um, where can everybody who's listening find you if they don't already follow you on socials? Where's the easiest place to find you all? Instagram. Yeah. I'm Jojo Biceps Banter. It's all our first names and then Biceps Banter. Jojo Biceps Banter, Dan Biceps Banter, Jimmy Biceps Banter, Mike Biceps Banter, right? Easy. And then when once once I'm allowed to fly and we're all allowed to fly, it'll be the YouTube channel we're back up again and we'll be back with a vengeance. We've got we've got we've got ideas coming out of our ears in last year. So um, <laughs> yeah, we'll uh, and it'll be, you know, and, and I think as well, once we all get back to seeing each other, there'll be loads more stuff we'll do together and all that sort of stuff as well. And that'll be all over YouTube and things. It's just been a tough year from that from that side of things, I think, from a content creation point of view and things. So um yeah, the YouTube will be back. Wicked. um as well we'll probably get these two muppets on it at some point they'll be all over the place um <laughs> so yeah they, and, that, and that's the thing for us with content it's just about having fun with it i think that's yeah. the that's the thing 
That's what makes it enjoyable. Don't, don't take don't take what we say too seriously when you watch it. <laughs> Just take it with a pinch of salt. Spot on. Guys, thank you so much once again. Really appreciate your time. And uh, make sure if you're listening and you don't follow these guys, go and check them out on Instagram with those handles. And we will speak to you all very soon. Thank you.